Blog Talk Radio. Hello, you are listening to Slightly Askew with Nancy at Noon. Welcome to episode number 18. Today's episode is called How to Increase Your Self-Esteem for Better Decisions in Health and Relationships. Today's topic is all about how to make better decisions. We're going to connect the dots between self-esteem and how that plays out in the choices you make. And, of course, we're going to give you some ideas for how you can improve this area of your life in order to make decisions that support the happy, healthy person you truly want to be, the person who knows what she wants and lives by her values, the wow woman who attracts relationships with people who honor and respect her, not just with a love partner, but with friends and coworkers, your kids, your neighbors, and even the strangers you meet on your travels through life. Alice and Kira will be joining me in the second half of the show to talk about how to use your organizational skills for better decision-making. Allison is a decluttering and organizational expert who has some really good tips to help you organize your life. Welcome to Slightly Askew with Nancy at Noon, the show that takes an honest look into the heart of all things that shape the fabric of your entire life. And now, here's Nancy. Hello, my faithful friends. I want to send a shout-out to all my listeners in California and my friends in the San Francisco, Berkeley area. I am definitely overdue for a visit out your way again. I also want to send a shout-out to all the people who subscribe to my newsletter. Thank you for being with me and supporting me all these years. I want to tell you about a man who rented one of my rooms recently. I mentioned him once before. He had just uh, been through a breakup. He told me that he didn't do the best he could. He said he was lazy and could have done better. I'm sure there are times when we all could have done better. But the part that really struck me was, was that he said, and I quote, When this is all over and I'm back to my normal self, at the end of my life, I'm going to regret my whole life because of the poor decisions I've made. End quote. I tell you, that literally floored me. Why in the world would someone want to intentionally fate their life in such a negative way? This man was filled with regret. We'll call him Dan. I tried to talk to Dan about this very minute being a new beginning, but he wasn't having any of it. He kept saying, I know, I know, I know, to everything I said. I wanted to shout at him, well, if you know, then do something about it. Stop being so bleep, 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 bleep lazy. Stop moaning about everything and get off your bleep and do something about it. Your life isn't over yet. You're only 57 and quite capable of turning your life around and making better decisions. But, of course, it wasn't my place to tell him what he needed to hear, because obviously he already knew. My beautiful friend Meninder uh, once again wrote something that speaks to this issue. Uh, She put it on her Facebook page. Every new dawn brings a fresh chance. It brings new hope. It sheds new light on old problems and a chance to begin again. Each day offers us an opportunity to renew our resolve and to declare to the universe that we are ready for change. Making this declaration to the universe and to ourselves may be just the remedy for the stagnation we are experiencing. And it can be done today, right now. Menender. Thank you, Menender. It's so true. Every dawn brings a fresh chance. You don't have to wait until morning to start anew. Every moment is a new dawn. We all know that. But how do you make better decisions? And are the inherent lessons that can be learned from so-called bad decisions worth the pain and suffering you need to endure or... Can you learn the lessons without suffering through bad choices? Usually, the decisions you make have absolutely everything to do with your sense of self-worth. 
If you don't feel worthy of a relationship with a partner who honors and respects you, you will find a partner who doesn't honor and respect you. So I'll flip that around for a minute. If you are in a relationship or you just broke up from one where your partner took you for granted, slept around, didn't have the time of day for you, and disrespected your opinions and the things you valued in life, that means you are not honoring and valuing yourself. Yeah, I know he's doing it, but if you had a higher regard for yourself, you would not be in a relationship where someone is doing a number on you. Thus, low self-worth and self-esteem keep playing out in your physical world and all your relationships. Not just with your significant love mate, with everyone, your kids, the PTA moms group, your coworkers, everyone. The good news is that since it's your low self-worth that is causing you to make decisions that play out badly in your life, you are in the ideal place to raise your self-esteem and make decisions that empower you. It's easier to make a good decision than it is to heal the regret of a lifetime of bad decisions. There's an intelligence in nature, our consciousness. When we are out of alignment with this intelligence, we tend to make poor life decisions. Also, when we are out of alignment with consciousness or this intelligence, which is our true nature, it causes us suffering. It just so happens that I wrote a book on raising your self-esteem. It's called 24 Strategies to Dramatically Increase Your Self-Esteem. And it's actually a free download you can get directly from my website. I'm going to share a few uh, tips from the book today. So if you want a copy of your own to refer back to, go to nancyatnoon.com and scroll down to the bottom of the front page and download the book. You'll have to enter your email address, but that's a small trade-off for very useful information that has the potential to help you love your life. It's quite short and makes for a handy little reference to keep around. There are benefits to having good self-esteem that go beyond just attracting a good partner. That is probably the least important one to me, but I know it's a critical one to many people. When your self-esteem is high, you tend to take care of yourself better because you care about yourself. You eat healthier foods, you go for walks or do some form of exercise to keep your stress levels down. And some of the results from showing up in a relationship with yourself means that you are more present in relationship with others. When you are more present, you recognize the red flags that start flying. And when you have a healthy self-worth, you pay attention to those warning signs, not letting them go unheeded until you reach the state of being a broken, shattered, emotional mess just because someone walked out of your life. The red flags are wake-up calls. But when you know your values and someone starts treating you poorly, you will have the wisdom to say, whoa, that doesn't work for me. I'm out of here. And you will step out of that relationship before it beats you down. Does that make sense? All right, the first strategy. Strategy number one. The first step towards raising your self-esteem is to be true to yourself. We've all heard it before, but what exactly does it mean? It means honor your own core values. In other words, you have to actually know what your core values are. Do you value honesty enough not to lie to cover up your true feelings? Do you value kindness and compassion enough not to talk badly about someone to their face or behind their back? Do you value self-discipline enough to do the work necessary to change your negative thought patterns before they adversely affect your life? You get my point. You can't be true to yourself if you don't know who you are or what you stand for in life. So take some time and figure out what values are important to you in life, what makes you who you are, and what values do you need to incorporate into your life to be who you want to be. Strategy number two, the next step to raising your self-esteem is to notice your thoughts and your feelings and actions. 
it's important to become aware of what you're thinking, your emotional state of being, and your behaviors by practicing the art of noticing. Notice what you are thinking when you like yourself and what you're thinking when you don't like yourself. Notice when your thoughts match your intentions and your actions match your thoughts, and when they don't. Notice the feelings in your body and the patterns in your behavior that may or may not be serving you. For instance, my younger daughter is the floor manager at a local restaurant. She works with a kitchen manager who is the chef or cook, not sure which. Anyway, he's always in a bad mood. He yells at her in front of the staff and customers and is basically just an angry, belligerent person who has gotten away with this attitude all his life. My daughter talked to her boss about his behavior towards her and and how his job performance was not good for business. The wait time for food to be served to the customers was over an hour, and this was on a slow day. And it wasn't fine dining. This is a recipe for losing customers. Anyway, the boss asked my daughter to use her truck and drive to Toronto, three hours away on her day off, to pick up something at an IKEA store and to bring the chef with her. She absolutely does not want to go. She does not want to drive to Toronto, does not want to spend the day in Ikea, and super does not want to take the chef with her or even let him into her truck. And as a manager and server at this restaurant, this task is not in her job description. But she said yes because she didn't want it to look like she had a problem with the chef. She wants to come across as a team player. She is very much a team player, but team player does not mean sacrificial lamb. Living according to your values, your limits, and your boundaries does not make you any less of a team player. To deny what you know is right for you is the fast track to self-destruction. I suggest that she talk to her boss and tell him she doesn't want to go. End of story. No need to give a reason. I asked her how she will feel when she actually follows through on this action that she does not want to take in the first place. My stomach is churning just thinking about it. There seems to be enough things in life that we don't want to do but have to do anyway. I don't always want to stack my firewood each fall, but I know the consequences of not doing it will be extra work for me when I have to dig through 10 feet of snow in the winter to bring in wet firewood that has iced together. Then I would be angry at myself each time I went to bring in the day's firewood. So there are some things we have to do but don't like. But why in the world do things that you don't want to do that you know you will hate yourself for in the morning or even while you're doing them? Aren't you worth more than that? Only you can make that decision. Pay attention to what excites you and what drains your energy. This is your guidance system letting you know you are either in alignment with your values or out of alignment. The act of noticing gives you advanced warning of body stresses that can lead to disease, arguments, and bad decision making. When you notice which actions are producing desired results and which are not, you are in a position to make empowering decisions that bring you happiness, love, and success, the things we all want. It wasn't long after this that the uh, chef cook in my daughter's restaurant was arrested for domestic violence. So fortunately, my daughter didn't have to drive him to go shopping three hours away. But unfortunately, he was released from jail and will return to uh, cook meals in that very same restaurant. We're going to take a short little break, and when we come back, Allison Kiro is going to tell us how we can use our organizing skills to make better decisions. Today's Daily Ditty is all about diamonds, since diamond is the birthstone for the month of April. Some diamonds are about 3 billion years old, and they are formed about 100 miles beneath the ground and are brought to the surface through volcanic activity. Diamonds are made from carbon, almost 100% carbon. They are the hardest natural substance that exists. 
they can easily cut glass. Ancient cultures believed that if you wore diamonds during battle, that it would give you extra strength and courage. I don't know if that has ever been proven, but it makes sense in a meditative, metaphysical sort of way. If you become the diamond, you embody its characteristics. In 2004, scientists discovered a planet that is one-third pure diamond. And scientists discovered a star that is 10 billion trillion trillion carats. They named the star Lucy after the Beatles song, Lucy in the sky with diamonds. And there you have it, some fun facts about diamonds. Blog posts, recipes, self-help books, and more. Visit us online at nancyatnoon.com. You'll be glad you did. Okay, we are back, and I'm excited to have Allison on the show with me today. Allison was on a little while ago, and we received such great feedback from the show. I just had to have her on again. She shared with us her secrets about clearing clutter and also about how to maintain that organization. If you want to listen to those shows, you can find them in the archives on my website, nancyatnoon.com. Allison is a professional clutter clearer and organizational expert living in New York City. She helps people clear up the energies in their homes and their lives by teaching them how to make self-love-based decisions. Her methods have helped people increase their energy, productivity, and their happiness. So let's bring her on and see what she has to say about how we can use organizing skills to help us make better decisions. Welcome to the show, Allison. It's a pleasure to have you back again. Thank you so much, Nancy. I'm so excited to be back and share some more tips. So for anybody who hasn't uh, listened to the previous shows that you've been on, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, What got, why you got started into organizing? Sure. Um, back in 2004, I uh, left the corporate world and decided to go out on my own and create my own business because I wanted to be in charge of my own career. And I think within that same year, a professional organizer approached me and you know, told me all about what she did and said that I, she thought that I'd be a really good professional organizer. And when I started incorporating it into my business, I realized I'd been doing it uh, for people for quite a while and that I really enjoyed doing it because there's a lot of creativity to it that people don't really understand or see when they think about organizing. They think it's really cut and dry and, and kind of hard and boring, but I really see it as a way to really cut down to finding the best of who that person is and uh, finding a way to create their lives so that it's easy for them to navigate. And I see a lot of creativity in that and a lot of fun that can be had. You know, um, making good decisions is our topic today, and it's a really a very vital life skill that we all have to develop. So when you, you had to have made, that was a tough life decision perhaps that you made from leaving the corporate world to going out on your own and taking a chance to do something like this. Yeah, it, it was a tough decision, and it's not easy starting a business. I mean, there's a lot of information that you have to sort through and figure out, and do you want to incorporate it or do this or that or the other thing, and, you know, what are, what are the best taxes and all that other stuff. And so, you know, when you're starting a new business or when you're starting any sort of new project, there's so much information flying at you that it can be um, really overwhelming and sort of traumatizing because, you know, you really don't know which is best for you, in the, especially in the beginning. And that's where the skill of decision-making is going to help you navigate through a tough time 
to make the best decisions for yourself and help you get through that tough time quicker, easier, and with a better ending result than you'd ever get if you didn't have that skill with you. What would you consider to be the foundation for making good decisions? I think the foundation is you have to have a self-awareness of what you truly want and what your goals are in your life. So, you know, when you've got a lot of clutter, a lot of times you're not really sure what your real priorities are and you're really unfocused. And so the more aware you are of who you are, where you want to go, and what you want to accomplish Um, it helps you to have a better understanding and a better feeling of what's true for you, what's right for you, and what's clutter. Because 90% of it or more is probably just clutter. And the more easily you can go, that's clutter, that's something I want, that's clutter, the more easily you can identify between the two, it just makes life so much easier and, and less stressful and less overwhelming. And it opens up a lot more opportunities. Well, how would you know the difference between a cluttered decision and uh, a necessary decision? Well, there's a couple of different ways that you can go about it. Um, Number one is you have to tell the difference between a truth and a lie for you. And so for me, I know that a, a truth will always make me feel lighter while a lie will always make me feel heavier. And so one of the things that I do is I just tune into my body. And sometimes when people are really, really cluttered, they're not even sure what they like and they don't like. So one really easy exercise that I, that I have people do is I have them go find their like favorite outfit, the thing that they love most of all. And then I have them go find something that they really don't like at all. And sometimes I'll have them grab something that's sort of in the middle, like, an old receipt that you don't need and you just have no feelings about whatsoever and then I have them hold the thing that they love for maybe a minute and just you know, look at it and feel it and feel how that makes you feel. Feel about, you know, when you think about yourself wearing that and how excited and good you feel, right? And that's the feeling that you should be getting when you're making decisions that are for your best. And then if you go and you hold that, that say that junky sweatshirt that's just old and moldy and disgusting, and you're like, ew, you know, like the grossest thing you can find. And then hold that and see how you feel holding that. And you feel yucky and gross and bleh and heavy. And then if you hold maybe that old crumpled up receipt in your hand, you kind of just feel nothing at all. And so what you really want to do is get used to that good feeling. And the more that you sort of practice what that feels like, the more you'll have an understanding and or an innate feeling of what that feels like so that you could automatically go, hey, I'm getting a feeling that this is a good decision because I feel light and excited, or hey, I'm getting a feeling that I'm really not because I'm getting, you know, I'm getting tired and I'm getting grumpy. And so the more that you're aware of what good feels like versus what blah feels like, it helps you make the right decisions for you. So basically what you're doing is you're using tangible items, things that people can touch or feel or even smell. I mean, it could be food or something. You're making having people use tangible items to connect with their inner Self, their inner being, and, and align so that they know if they're in alignment with with feeling good, then it's a good decision. And if it's in alignment, or if it's out of alignment and it makes you feel bad, then it's a poor decision. Exactly. Yeah. And the more that you do that for yourself, the easier it is for you to get into the decision making that's not tangible. So. You know, you just went out to dinner with a friend and you come home feeling exhausted and irritable. 
Is that a good feeling? No. So then the more that you um, realize that, hey, I'm not feeling good when I hang around with this person versus, oh, but when I go out with, you know, my boyfriend, I feel really great about myself and I feel loved and I feel nourished. So you want to be making the decisions of spending more time with people who make you feel loved and supported and nourished and good versus the ones who are sucking the life out of you. And the more that you can get rid of that kind of clutter, the more you're free to open yourself up to more people who are going to want to be in your life who are loving and nurturing and supportive. Right, so you can just tap into it by practicing with a tangible item. You just practice that, and then, like you say, when you're out with people uh, and, you're, and you, you can notice a sense of, ooh, is this feeling good or is this not feeling good? Are they draining me or do I feel happy and empowered by this? And not because it has to do with somebody else, right? It's not about somebody else making you feel good or making you feel bad. It's about you sensing inside yourself if... If this is a fit for you, if this is um, if this if this works for you, if you want to hang around with this person because your energy feels depleted and you have to keep building yourself up after you're uh, away from this person. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's not. I'm not saying oh, go blame these people as being energy suckers and you're a bad person to hang around with at all. They could be a very lovely person, but. They're just their energy is draining you, and it's it's not a relationship that is doing either one of you any good at this point in time. And so that's the way to frame it. It's not a blame. You're bad. You're negative. It's more a, for me. My truth is that this relationship is depleting me, and I think it's best for both of us if we set each other free, so that we could focus on finding the people in both of our lives who provide us with the love, the caring, the nourishment that we both need in our lives. And that's the way to look at it. It's not really a you're bad, you're negative, you're gross. It's a, this just isn't right for us anymore, and that's okay. And that brings up a good point because the tougher decisions that we often have to make usually require us to push our personal limits and develop some kind of courage, and that's not always easy. You know, sometimes the sometimes the decisions have to be made before we're actually ready to make them. Like if you've been with that person for a long time and and it, it hasn't been feeling good, you know that. It can take courage. I mean, maybe you're sharing a, a home and uh, finances and the whole bit. It takes courage to be able to step out and move on t- on your own. So, oh, yeah, tremendous amount of courage. I mean, that's, that's the most frightening thing is, is for people to change, but that's what we do. That is what the human experience is all about is that we are constantly changing and growing. And when we realize that and stop putting the judgment on it as that's bad, you know, divorce is not always a bad thing. It just is you two are not you're not helping one another. You've reached the point where, you know, the relationship is is no longer nourishing for either one of you, and the best and smartest thing is for the two of you to go in your separate ways because maybe you have something so much more to give to, to yourself and everyone out there, but if you remain where you are, stuck and miserable, you'll never be able to share that with the world. I agree. I think it's also important to identify what decision has to be made and what outcome you actually want to achieve. Because if you don't really know, is it about staying with the person or is it just about uh, changing our habits together? Yeah. Is it about a conversation? So actually identifying what decision has to be made and, like I say, what outcome you want to achieve. So how does organizing help us make better decisions? 
Well, again, when you start with the physical clutter, um, you get to build up that decision-making skill and really get in touch with yourself, but it also brings back an awareness of, hey, what am I keeping in my life that, that you know, may not be doing me any good? What do I still have that is dragging me down from my past? And it could be, you know, a sweatshirt from an ex-boyfriend who didn't treat me well. Now, what is that saying? Why am I still keeping that in my life? You know, things like that. It's a great way for you to get really in touch with who you are and what you really want at this point. But once you even finish the purging, you're going to notice a space that's there that wasn't there before. You're going to find more energy because you're not going to walk home and, and find a bunch of clutter. There's going to be a space and a light and lightness that, that comes in. And, and a lot of times, it's funny, you'll, uh, I hear from clients who say, you know, I couldn't find this one thing forever, and then I purged something else, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, it completely appeared. And I'm like, yeah, because you finally made space for it in your life. <laughs> That's the thing. Make space for the things that you want to show up in your life. And all it really takes is just one step at a time, one decision at a time, choosing to love yourself enough to make a better decision for yourself. So when you help people, when you help your clients individually, what, what exactly do you do? How do you help them? Well, the first step is for them to, um, you know, really start seeing what they have around them. I, I really want them to start focusing one by one, um, what, what do you have in your life? Then what do you like in your life and what do you want to keep in your life? And, you know, let's start, let's start dealing with the blocks that you have that have been creating you um, this cycle of self-sabotage that helps you keep the stuff that you don't like or want or need in your life because that's a lot of, of clutter of, uh, you know, and clutter has energy to it. And so that's negative energy of stuff you don't like, want, or need in your life. And so we really start addressing that by going through one item at a time. And then we start setting up simple systems that work for how the person works and thinks in their life. So I want them to get really in touch with their feelings. I want them to look, imagine what their home is going to look like once it's been organized, once all that stuff is out, because I want them to get in touch with how they're going to feel. And I want that to be the motivating factor of, I'm going to feel expansive and energetic and free and that is a great motivator to help people and so it, it's really trying to get them off of that hamster wheel finding their organizational system that's going to work for them that they can keep replicating and then have them keep becoming more and more aware of what it is that they have in their life so that they can make the right choices to keep only the things that matter to them in their lives. I think it's very necessary for people to have help in visualizing because we look at the reality of our situation and we can't see beyond it unless we go into some kind of visualization to see it differently. And it's hard to look around and see exactly what's here all the time and see it differently without suggestions from somebody to help. Yeah, I mean, most people, when I start with them, they're just completely lost. They don't even know where to begin. And so that's what I give them is a starting point and, and a guiding light and the support that they need to really start um, focusing on, on what they truly want in their lives. And I think most of us get to this point where we shut down 
and we stop thinking about it and we stop thinking that we deserve to be happy or get what we want out of life when we think, well, this is just the way it is. This is just what life is. And that's not a truth. I mean, when you think about it, if you're unhappy in your life and you think, well, this is just the way that life is, do you feel happy? Do you feel no. joy? No. no. Right. So that's not true. So there is a way out of it, and that's what I want to help people do is, is visualize what their real truth is for them and then help them purge their way one decision, one love-based decision at a time out of that clutter so that when new stuff comes, they can easily go, that's not great for me, that is great for me. And even if you start getting into it, because sometimes you don't know, sometimes you think, oh, it's going to be a great experience, and it starts looking bad, this is going to help you get out of that before you've gotten in so deep you feel like you're in quicksand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good question to wake up to every morning and even go to bed, bed with at night. What could my life look like today? What yeah. could my life look like tomorrow? How do I want it to be? And then even just a moment of thinking how it could be different could really really set a different pattern for you, help you break out of, out of old molds. You know, when you keep thinking there is a light at the end of the tunnel and I know I can get there, and then you find the right support to help you get there, that's when life starts opening up, and that's when life starts changing for the better and, and, and permanently, too. And you work with people other than just one-on-one. You have a, um, a 6MP3 series for people that like to work on their own or self-starters, but for people who want more support, you do personal coaching with them. So how can people actually get in touch with you if, they, if they're interested in self-starting with your MP3 set or with personal coaching? Either way, you can go visit me on my website, and that's ackorganizing.com. And then you can sign up for a coaching session or just purchase an MP3 and get going. All right. That's all that we have time for today. I want to thank you so much, Allison, for coming back on the show and sharing all these, uh, all these tips and your strategies for organizing your life and for making better decisions. And it, it all fits so, together so well. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I had a wonderful time. I appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for listening today, and until next time, keep it clutter-free. Thanks for joining us again on Slightly Askew with Nancy at noon. We've enjoyed your company and hope it's been fun for you, too. If you like what you're hearing, please share us with your friends and family because, well, they might like us, too. You can find us online at nancyatnoon.com. We've got fascinating blog posts, recipes, self-help books, weight loss CDs, coaching programs, art, jewelry, and all kinds of other cool stuff. Go ahead and check us out. NancyAtNoon.com. You'll be glad you did. Hello, you are listening to Slightly Askew with